here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna. He came to me and talked to me and we talked it out about, you know, just his expectation, you know, and every young quarterback goes through it. The excitement, the the anticipation, you know, he wants to be so perfect. And I see his preparation is always, you know, pristine. And, you know, that's what I admire about him. You know, being at such a young age, he knows how to prepare and knows when Josh asks quick questions or when the person asks quick questions, he knows how to kind of have answers for it. And uh, everybody's different. Everybody uh, learns different. But for him in in, in today's performance, he's just going to keep Keep getting better and uh, you know we're going to be here for each other along this whole process and um, you know that's what we're here for well there's Patriots starting quarterback Cam Newton on his backup Mac Jones see what I did there Henry I don't know if you noticed that but uh, I, th- I just thought that was a nice little piece of sound I think you tweeted that out maybe last week or earlier this week Henry just just kind of amplifies what Cam has been since he arrived in Foxborough right you can say what you will about last season he, you know, there was definitely a lot of struggles, but he just comes off like a likable guy who the coaches and the players love and, and view as a leader. And, I, you know, you can take questions about Mac Jones a, a couple different directions if you're Cam Newton and you're in a competition with him. But uh, he chose to take that kind of route. And I thought that was pretty impressive. And we're going to reset our thoughts on the Patriots quarterback situation here throughout the show. But, Henry, it's been a hot minute since I've talked to you, my friend. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, life is good. You know, we got a nice summer in. Uh, I mean, in the Northeast, the, the weather was pretty terrible this summer, but <laughs> whatever. A lot of rain. Uh, yes, a lot of rain and then, like, a lot of squelching heat. But, yeah, it's a good time to get some some uh, vacation and rest in, and I got married, and um, so it's good. You did. I saw some photos online on, on Twitter from the wedding, and that you look great, man. You look you look tremendous, so good for you. Congratulations. Married life is fun. Thanks. And yeah, I look decent, but my life looks even better. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's a good answer, man. You've already you're already you're already winning at marriage. Good good for you. That was a great <laughs> perfect answer. You know, Boston sports media has been going wild all summer long. While it's been raining, we're all stuck inside, so we're all listening and and they're all they're talking about this quarterback battle between Cam Newton and Mac Jones and you know, I I don't think that a lot has changed since what we talked about after draft day, right? I mean, I thought my gut reaction was that it was going to be Cam Newton this year and Mac Jones next year. And I still kind of feel that way, right? I, I don't know. I haven't really come off that. After that first preseason game, I thought Mac Jones looked pretty good. He looked like it, the moment wasn't too big for him. Uh, but I thought it was kind of a soft opening. They called a lot of safe plays for him. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I still think that Cam Newton's their guy and it's going to take something strong for Mac Jones to play this year. It's going to take Cam just really not playing good football. It's going to take the Patriots falling out of it, an injury, something like that. That was my take back on draft day, and I'm, I'm kind of sticking to it. So I, I'm st- I think barring something kind of unforeseen, we're not going to see a lot of Mac Jones this year. But what do you think? Do you, do you think that it's a legit competition? Do you think we'll see Mac Jones by like mid-season or something like that? I'm, I'm of the mind we, we will probably see Mac Jones in week one. I think okay, that, so you're so you're on that side. Yeah, I think that he's been put on this trajectory, and I've written this a few times, toward preparing him for week one. And 
they've really accelerated his developmental timeline. You know, they've never drafted a guy this high. They've never had a player who can absorb this much information this fast. And then they've never had this much coaching time to prepare a player of his age. So like with Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels was giving all of his attention and all of the reps to Tom Brady. That was just how it was. And rightfully so. But now that Brady's gone and Cam is obviously not the long-term solution, you know, Josh McDaniels spends a very large portion of his practice time standing next to Mac Jones telling him what to do and giving him advice and walking through the reps. Even when Mac's not playing and Cam's playing, Josh McDaniels is coaching Mac, not really coaching Cam. This is sort of unprecedented in a number of ways. It's like Mac is is prepared and developing at a much faster pace than any quarterback I've seen in New England. Now that's interesting. That this is uh, this is telling to me because I, you were one of the bigger proponents for Cam Newton being back this year, Henry. Remember before Mac Jones was drafted, you were a big proponent yeah. for Cam. You thought you know give him some weapons, give him you know give him a fair shot, you know maybe maybe actually get a tight end that can catch a football and get him some wide receivers and try to figure that thing out. So. You're 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 not like an anti Cam Newton guy, so you being high this high on Mac Jones, which is a little surprising. Um, but you know, I take your word for it because I know you're do, you're on the beat and you're doing this stuff and you're talking to people. You being this high on Mac Jones makes me believe that it's actually real because you know, the last few weeks I've kind of thought I, I don't know if the quarterback competition is all that real. I, I've thought all along that it's Cam Newton's going to be the guy, and and I haven't really seen or heard anything that's going to tell us anything differently, but. This makes me step back a little bit, Henry. I got to be honest because I know you're not an anti-cam guy. No, I mean I, I, I personally like if I, if I let emotion sort of like make this decision for what I would want, I would want Cam to be the starter because I think he deserves a real shot at being the starter. But if I take sort of my own personal opinions about like who should or whatever could you know start, and I think about how Bill Belichick's seeing it and what the signs are pointing to, then it looks like the Patriots are really fast-tracking Mac Jones. And if he's not week one starter, you know, he's starting by week five or week seven where they're, they're trying to get him on the field before midseason so that he's got some real experience under his belt in the event that they're going to go play in the playoffs. So maybe if it's not week one, if he doesn't win the job outright, you're thinking something similar to like Tua with Miami last year where – they kind right. of wait, they kind of wait, and then when they feel like he's ready to go, they put him in regardless of record, right? Even if the Patriots have a you know, a four and two record, maybe they bring in Mac Jones if they think he's ready and he's their guy. It depends how well Cam is playing at four and two. Yep. If he starts to struggle, then it opens up the window for Mac. And then the reason I would say week five is because Tom Brady will have come and gone from Foxborough <laughs> and may have may hand the Patriots an ugly loss. And Week seven will will be a bye week into a game against the Jets, who are probably not going to be great this year. So, if you're like timing it out, then that seems like a good opportunity to give him a chance to to really like you know ease himself into the hot tub, if you will. Yeah, no, that's that's good insight. Ease his way into the hot tub. I like that. Aside from the quarterbacks, watching that first preseason game, obviously. It was cool to see the uh, the ovation that Mac Jones got when he came on the field. I think Zolak said on the broadcast, like, you think these fans are ready for the next quarterback? And it's it was clear, right? The, the fans were excited to see Mac play. But for me, I think the player that, or the new addition 
that stood out the most was Matthew Judon on defense. I mean, that guy, he's, he's wearing the single digit number. Everybody who's wearing the single digits, Henry, this year stand out to me. I noticed them right away. So you're not allowed, in my opinion, if you're wearing the single digit jersey, you can't suck this year. You have to be good because you're going to be noticed even more. But Matthew Judon in that single digit number, he looks good. And he was in the backfield that seemed all day. He just looked like a different kind of player off the edge. He really did. And I, I think this guy, if, if that first preseason game is any indication, he's going to be a fun player to watch all season, isn't he? He's not necessarily an elite pass rusher, which is what is sexiest for outside linebackers these days. Is you want a guy who can get to the quarterback and do it quickly and, and get those sacks. But And he'll do that. Like I think he's probably an 8-10 to 10 sack player on this defense. But what he is even more capable of is setting the edge on defense with uh, against the run game and uh, even dropping into coverage to some degree. He can just do it all. He's the kind of linebacker that Belichick really likes working with. And what Judon and Belichick have emphasized is he's not doing anything new. Sometimes when linebackers or even just any position, frankly, comes to New England's system, they get a little confused by the depth of the playbook. And what stood out is how transitive his knowledge from Baltimore's system has proven in New England. And that's so important for him to be an impact player. I think it's a testament to how natural a fit he is and how good of a job Belichick and the scouting staff did in identifying a player that fits with them. Yeah, I agree. I think he's uh, he's going to be he's noticeable already, and it's been one preseason game, and I think he's going to be a fan favorite. Uh, I I do. And and on the offensive side of the football, one thing we talked about after free agency is you know we're excited to see them go after Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith and give them money, Henry. But we were also saying, well, these guys really haven't either they haven't been number one tight ends on their own teams yet or their former teams yet or they haven't stayed healthy enough to be you know really strong contributors for a full season and we knew there was injury risks with both of these players especially Henry and both of them are injured right now right so both of they're not even participating in the joint practices with the Eagles this week and now you start to worry because we could kind of write off the weaknesses at wide receiver because we figured the tight ends would be the number one targets right so if those guys aren't going to be on the field or, or maybe only one of them at a time, if we're not going to have a lot of time with both of them on the field together and the way they maybe envision this offense looking, well, now that's going to put more pressure on your wide receiver group that looks like Jacoby Myers might be your best receiver right now. Uh, you know, Even with the additions like Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, I mean, it sounds like Jacoby Myers is still the best player right now as far as the wide receivers so far in camp. So what's your panic level right at right now with the tight ends and they're already injured in the off season and we haven't even gotten to week one yet. Yeah. We talked about this before we got the podcast rolling. It's alarming for sure. I mean, I, I don't want to be like too alarmist, but I mean, it's, it's close to a seven, like on a Richter scale of, of one to 10, because it's, it's like the team hasn't like done much said. yet. Right. They haven't done much. So it's like a little yeah, they scary. I mean, Adrian Phillips has been owning them in practice. Like I don't, I don't exaggerate that. Like Adrian Phillips has been, one of the best players in training camp, and he spends all his time covering Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. So that's a bad sign. Uh, not yes. not necessarily to say that Adrian Phelps isn't a great player. Like he was really good last year. He was he was Patrick Chung in so many ways. But when you spend twenty five million dollars a year on two tight ends, like total, like they're each making twelve point five million a year, 
over their deals. Um, John has got a four-year deal, and Hunter Henry's got a three-year deal. When you, when you put that much money into a position, you need that position to be the centerpiece of your offense. And, you know, they added Nelson Aguilar, who's a good complementary piece, and they added Kendrick Bourne, who is like, you could maybe consider him a complementary piece, but he's more like a wide receiver three. And Jacoby Myers is your, your wide receiver two slash one. So we saw what it looked like last year when Jacoby Myers was the best pass-catching option. And the truth is, is that it's not good enough. Uh, as much as I love Jacoby Myers, and I think he could, he could have like 100 catches this year, or you know maybe 80, I think you can't have him be the touchdown leader. Like even if he's putting up the most production, he can't be the centerpiece. He can't be the player that defenses are trying to stop because they can. They can easily stop him. And these tight ends are supposed to be much harder to stop, much more complicated for defenses to game plan again. And that's all getting to the point that Hunter Henry hurt his shoulder recently and has missed the first preseason game and now is likely to miss the second preseason game. John Smith hurt his hamstring in minicamp and his ankle in joint practices. So he's likely to miss the second game. We've got the centerpieces of the offense who are brand new to a passing offense that is enormously complicated, and they're not on the field, not even, not just practice. We're not just talking about practice. We're talking about the game. <laughs> yes, Alan um, Anderson, thank you. <laughs> sorry, too much. Uh, but, <laughs> but, yeah, so they're not, in the, they're not in preseason games, and that's a problem. They need to be ready for week one. And it's a reminder of how delicate this Patriot offense is. They need these at least one of these tight ends in the lineup. So there's reason for concern if these tight ends can't stay healthy like even before the season even starts. All right, good stuff as always right there from Henry. And uh, if you listen to the pod last year during the regular season, you know we have fantasy football and sports betting segments that drop in. That'll continue this year as well. But in the meantime, I'm just going to throw questions at Henry on both of those topics. And we'll do that coming up next. All right, Henry, my fantasy football question of the week for you is uh, I want to know if you're buying or selling Damian Harris in fantasy drafts this year. Uh, Right now, I did a little bit of research on this. He's on average the 30th or so running back off the board in drafts this summer, meaning he's kind of a back-end running back, too, or a high-end flex, which is kind of what I would think of him as. And But you still have Sony Michelle. You got James White. I thought Stevenson, the rookie, showed us a little something. Looked like he could maybe have some of that LeGarrette Blunt, that old Blunt role. Uh, he looked pretty good in the preseason game. You know, Damian Harris was pretty good last year. He averaged five yards per rush. He didn't catch any passes. They didn't really throw him the ball. He only played in 10 games. You know the Patriots are always tough to gauge with their running backs, but Damian Harris is a guy that... I think he looks like he bulked up a little bit, especially on his lower body, right? I mean, I, I read a little bit about that. I feel like he might be a breakout candidate. I'm just worried about his usage. I'm worried about how many touches he's actually going to get in that backfield. What's your prediction for him, and, and would you buy him as like a, a back-end running back, too, for a starter in fantasy or maybe as a high-end flex option? I'm not buying any Patriots running back. I... I, I play tons of fantasy football, I play Dynasty, I play Keeper, I play Redraft formats, and I would not, it's just not a year where the Patriots running backs can be trusted. If we're looking at pure talent, all of the Patriots running backs are actually like, great. Uh, <laughs> Damien Harris has looked super explosive. He's, I've been wowed, honestly, by how good he looks running between the tackles, running off the edge. 
That's why I'm asking the question. The same, what's that? <laughs> I said, that's why the question's coming. That's where it's coming from. Right. And and Sony Michelle's the same way. He's like really talented runner this year. And and he was really coming on at the end of last year. And he looked sort of like that rookie version of himself that helped him win that Super Bowl, uh, putting up huge numbers in the playoffs. So, but then you got James White, who's one of the best pass catching and third down backs. And like you said, Ramondre Stevenson, a recent draft pick, uh, this year, 2021 draft pick, he's a guy who really looks like a natural fit as the like closer role. He, the he guy does. who, if the Patriots get a lead, yep. they start to bring him in as like a physical presence, not only to pick up first downs, but to like beat up the opponent physically and, and really like grind away at their their will to want to win. Which is actually a real thing. Belichick has a, a a ball carrier basically on every year that he he can. He has a ball carrier like that. Heath Evans talked about being that battery ram and how Belichick specifically asked him to like go out there and, and really grind away. So every one of those guys has a specific role, and in my mind, that specific role doesn't add up in a from a math perspective to any of them being worth being starters on your roster on a consistent basis. Makes sense. The ceiling's too low, so sell on Damian Harris. I like it. That's just what I need to know. Going into my fantasy football draft here in a, in a week or so, Henry. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, and my sports betting question is a fun one, and it's a hard one, I think. Uh, because at this time of the year, I always like to look at the futures bets on my app, and I, and I opened up my app. I pulled up the Patriots futures, regular season wins. 17 games this year, over under 9.5 wins. Vegas knows how to make it hard. I think that half game makes it really, really tough. So... If you believe in the Patriots, the over is at plus 105. So there's a little bit of value there if you believe in the Patriots. I just don't know if personally I believe that the Patriots are going to win 10 games. But uh, what do you think? Yeah. Over or under 9.5, Henry? Wh- which way would you lean right now? I'm taking under. I think what we saw in Eagles game, I think like, or sorry, Eagles joint practices. I think ultimately the Patriots offense, like the defense looks like it's not a work in progress. They have that together. Yeah. But the offense is such a work in progress. It seems like there's going to be turnover at quarterback at some point during the year, even if uh, even if Mac Jones doesn't start in week one. Like I said, I expect them to start somewhere in the season. So the beginning of the year, they're going to be trying to get the, the tight ends healthy and acclimated, and they're trying to get Nelson Aguilar to contribute, and they're trying to get Mac Jones ready. And then when Mac Jones jumps in, how is he going to fit with the group that's already acclimated to Cam? It's going to be kind of like growing pains all season long, and I don't think wins are going to be easy to come by for them. It's not going to look as natural as it has in years past. So I think they could easily make the playoffs, and they could even make a run in the playoffs if they get kind of hot, where they get to the point where they're really cooking late in the year. But I don't think it's going to be natural at first, and I think they're going to have some, some problems out of the gate. Not to mention that they're probably going to lose in week four to Tom Brady. Yeah, they're definitely going to lose in week four. Come on, let's be honest. Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, I got to go with Tom on that one. That's going to be the Super Game right there. You know, that's uh, that's that's going to be you know what what a week that's going to be. I can't freaking wait for week four. You know, that's what really what I'm hoping for. But really, Henry, I mean, it's wild. We're already we're kind of on the back end of August already. The season's like upon us. Uh, I'm excited. I'm fired up. You know, even the preseason game kind of got me got me a little geeked up so i'm nerding out already football's back it's pretty fun Gr- great to be back working with you my man good to hear your voice this week yeah likewise glad to be on with you hope there's the fans out there 
made it with us to the end and are enjoying the podcast, and we'll, we'll be back next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.